0: Hello and welcome to In the Weeds. We're recording live from the Picky Weeds Esoteric Occult Boutique, located just south of Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, in beautiful South Abington Township. Picky Weeds is the largest and most diverse boutique of its kind in Northeast Pennsylvania, with an increasingly wide variety of items for many traditions.
1: In addition to items for sale, Picky Weeds hosts a wide variety of classes, events, and community-driven gatherings throughout the year. Picky Weeds is located at 105 Layton Road, South Abington Township, PA. Open Wednesday through Sunday, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. More information can be found at www.pickyweeds.com. That's P I C K E Y W E E D Z.com. Or on our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. In the Weeds is the official podcast for Picky Weeds, where we strive to bring the community together with topics of interest, guest speakers, and informative discussions to benefit the entire community.
0: If you'd like to be a guest speaker, either live or remote call-in, please visit www.pickyweeds.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, find In the Weeds podcast guest application, click it, copy and paste the text into an email with your contact information, and send it to us at pickyweeds at gmail.com.
1: Now, now let's get, get in the, in the weeds. weeds. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Episode 12, I think, correct?
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it
1: is. And today we have Mark Stavish in here making trouble, <laughs> 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 creating all kinds of chaos. How you doing, Mark? Pretty good. Pretty good. So.
3: Was, you didn't tell me that Colin was an option. I mean, mm. I didn't have to drive on eighty <laughs> no, one, one and go one through one. the drive thru for coffee this morning. Okay. <laughs>
1: what do you mean you don't like our uh, company, Mark? Come uh, on.
3: <laughs> no, the tea is wonderful.
1: Uh. Ooh, what kind of tea? No.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you gave me here. <laughs>
1: you trust the herbalist? I think uh. it's fermented. <laughs> As you, the day goes on, uh, anyway. Are you
3: feeling good? <laughs> oh.
1: All right, so can you tell the people who you are and how you got started on this path?
3: Short version is, I'm Mark Stavish. I'm the founder and director of the Institute for Hermetic Studies. I'm the author of about, I don't know, 25 or so books translated into half a dozen languages. And uh, I started this uh, in my youth as uh, members of my family were involved in most of the well-known esoteric orders of the early 20th century, my great-uncle in particular. And uh, unlike many claims to fam trout, I have the documents to prove it. <laughs> I <hear> that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, uh, his family goes back to uh, Central Europe and uh, the German uh, occult traditions there. So uh, that's what got me in, and uh, that's it.
1: Well, that's fascinating. The rest mm. of us just kind of fell off the turnip trot. <laughs> <laughs> Ran into it, but don't, don't turn it to make good borscht or something, <laughs> yeah, right? They do <laughs> instead of that other stuff. Yeah, that's kind of bad. Yeah, so hermeticism. What is it?
3: Hermeticism is a catch-all phrase for a body of practices and teachings that comes out of Alexandria, Egypt, probably around the fourth century, and it is a mix of Gnosticism, proto-Kabbala, astrology, uh, early Christianity, might even be a a decent mix of early Buddhism in there, too, because of the Silk Road. But at this point, it's really very difficult to always say, well, this came from here or this came from there, because it was such a melting pot of ideas and practices. And then hermeticism becomes the kind of not so much underground because we knew it existed. I mean, we know alchemy and Kabbalah and astrology, which we would call are the three legs of hermeticism. We know they exist in the Middle Ages. We know they exist in the Renaissance. In fact, that is the Renaissance. The Renaissance is really an explosion of interest in these ideas. Yeah. And then it forms the basis of what we consider or call the French Occult Revival. Now, that's the most well-known one, and that's Eliphas Levy and, and these folks in the late 19th century. Uh, but you then you have the British Occult Revival with the Golden Dawn. You have the German Occult Revival, which is not as well-known, and other these occult revivals happening. And I think when we use the word revival, we have to be very careful because when we really closely study the, the history that's going on, it's really kind of like a bump in the road yeah. You know, you're going down the – we won't use a Pennsylvania Highway because they seem to just be bumps <laughs> in the road. But, you know, you're you're going through the, the, the parking lot, right, and they've got these speed bumps. Well, most of the time these ideas are kind of smooth. They're just right there at the surface or under the surface, and you kind of want them. But then there's that moment, boom, they explode onto the popular scene, kind yeah. of like what we've seen here maybe in the last uh, 15, 20 years. Well, really the last 40 But it kind of morphs to with the New Age movement and then how that changed in the 90s with the Internet and then how that changed again with really the expansion of the Internet but print-on-demand publishing. That was a big force. And now we see it even again with the ability to do podcasts. Oh, yeah. So all of that is a lengthy way of saying we have these moments in history where ideas that we call hermeticism, astrology, alchemy, uh, ritual magic, meditation – just exploded into the popular psyche.
1: Right. So what has it morphed into today, do you think, with hermeticism? And how, how popular is it today as opposed to, say, in the French Revolution?
3: Yeah. Well, with that, from the French occult revival period, uh, I think it's, it's really difficult to say because at that time you had different cultural phenomena taking place. Um, even as early as, say, maybe the 1980s, even the 1990s, even though people are moving away from traditional religious identification, they still had a background in it. Yeah. And uh, I not so jokingly say to folks, it's really difficult to talk to you about some of these ideas, particularly Kabbalah or whatever, if you don't have a background, if you don't have Sunday school information. Yeah, (laughs) no, (laughs) it makes sense. You don't have the framework for it. So we have to look at these ideas and realize that there's always a cultural framework for them. Mm And that seems to be shifting and morphing. I know we joked before the show. uh, I mean, I remember the, quite well, the the so-called period of the Satanic Panic 1.0 and then 2.0. And at that time, the, you know, all of them were saying, you know, Witches don't worship Satan, right? Witches don't, and now we're selling, you know, all the witchcraft books are about yeah, demonology and saying this. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah and, okay, and, maybe, uh, yeah, right. okay, maybe just a little, just a little. <laughs> maybe just the nose. Yeah, and you bring that up, and there's that look, you know, the dough and the headlights look because what I find even among the occult community uh, is that, and we've talked about this at length, you know, personally. There's no real sense of history. No. Yeah. So they don't understand what went on realistically, even 10 years ago, let alone 20, 30, 40. That might as well be the fourth century to them, which is very unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I know. There's so much being lost because of that.
0: Well, it's like reinventing the wheel. Yeah, it is. I had this great idea and... Oh Well, somebody thought of that (laughs) and wrote like 10 books on it. (laughs) A century or two ago. (laughs) Hooray for you. (laughs) And, you know, maybe just because they wrote 10 books, it wasn't a great idea to begin with. (laughs) Thank you. Thank
1: you. Yeah. It's like the TikTok generation. I'm
0: like, oh, my God. Well, everything is kind of instant gratification. Yeah, it is. And they don't, at least a large majority of people don't want to put a lot of work into history. Yeah. And... I'm I'm guilty too to a point. There's yeah. I learn something every time Mark talks.
1: Yeah, I do too. And <laughs> like and like gets in the way, so we're happy to kind of.
0: But the difference get, is that the yeah. ears are open. Yeah, yeah, mouth, yeah, You know, so if you yeah. can learn something, yeah,
1: yeah. get the ears up and get the heart up and just a little bit and think about it. Think See, about it. If you're venerating, like we were talking earlier, ancestors, shouldn't you know a little bit about them? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of it might not be pretty. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. yeah, I got some very ugly ones in my back.
0: Yeah, I had a pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the doctor on the Mayflower. Yes, yeah. I
1: know, I know. I had one that converted people at the point of the sword. So, yeah, <laughs>
0: it's nuts. Yeah.
3: Well, that's that's when you look at a practice because a lot of people come to this. Everyone comes to this because they want to change something about their life. That yes. that needs to be recognized and. So when you, you come to it and you get an, a teaching, we'll call it a practice, uh, there's three things that you should always ask yourself and ask the person who's providing this to you, and it should be within the framework of the book if you're learning from a book or, you know, if you're learning from TikTok. <laughs> I that, that, was that was tough looked. to say. I was, wish this was on was, video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Where did this come from? How do I do it? And what are the results I can expect that kind of let me know it's going well? And within that framework, you can only know if that's true, the answers you get, if you're around people who've done it. And and this is where we get into this notion of tradition. Yeah. And how do traditions uh, get established? How do they uh, continue? And a tradition is not something that you simply say, okay, this is the so-and-so tradition, which is very common in witchcraft and and Wicca and neo-paganism, but in other, oh, especially in in the so-called hermetic schools, too. They're very big on establishing an order. Uh, What you have to look at is, how many people are involved and how long have they been involved? Because that, is, that tradition is a continuity of wisdom or information. That's an information packet. So if something is relatively new, that doesn't mean to stay away. It just simply means to really get your spidey senses up and going. Yeah. To make sure that there is continuity between what
0: you're told and what you experience. Yeah. Yeah, don't just accept it on face value, yeah. just because somebody said it.
3: Which is easy because you're so enthusiastic, and I see this with adults, I see this with teenagers, <gasps> I see this with a lot of folks. The enthusiasm is so high that it's very easy to uh, not ask the important questions because finally you think you're around people who are like you or whatever, yeah. and have the same. Oh, yeah, and that may not be the case. Yeah,
1: apply the scientific method. Yeah. So use the formula. And see if you can recreate the outcome more than once, okay. and you're not just fooling yourself into believing that you had a result. Mm. You're actually seeing the result repeatable,
3: right? And and then the question is with practices, you know, what are they for? Yeah. So when you you go into uh, a lot of neo pagan communities, they'll say, "Well, this is about uh, worship. We don't do magic. That was a big thing for decades, about yeah. two decades, right?" Wicca doesn't do magic. We do worship. We're not witches. Okay, hmm. fine. Uh, uh, the, the notion of worship, then, what does that constitute? What is the celebratory devotional aspect that you're involved with? It's magic. Uh, right, and how is that <laughs> transforming you for the better? Yeah. And the question here is for the better. And, and I think the same, too, with folks who get involved in different hermetic orders or ritual magic. is they, uh, What we see is with the ease of availability of information... Is there is a lack of not only continuity in practice with individuals, but there is a lack of discernment. Oh yeah. So They're you are overwhelmed, it, Mark. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
1: It's like going into a store that has seventy choices in lotion, and then you walk out with none because you're just so overwhelmed because you couldn't make a choice. You know.
0: It's like trying to buy a light bulb anymore.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: Oh yeah, ten. It's ten, ten ridiculous. <laughs> Do you oh think God. there was like, uh, and I think there was probably, you know, like the exclusive, exclusivity of being in a quote-unquote secret society like the Golden Dawn or uh, similar back then it was kind of, you see a lot of illuminaries that were part of it or famous people were part of the organization. Do you think they were part of the organization in a genuine manner or do you think it was, it's like a rich club of rich people? Oh, no, like it a notoriety. genuine. notoriety. Like with the Golden Dawn, it was genuine
3: because you can see the there's very complete lists of their members available. Yeah. So when you go down and you see the names of the members, I mean, you hear about those maybe 5% that are, we'll call luminaries or famous people. Mm -hmm. But you had a tremendous amount of people who were uh, what we would call at that time working in middle class. Oh, yeah. And and then what's interesting, too, is when you go through the listing of – the membership roles, to see how long people were in. Now, it doesn't give the the years, but it gives the degree they were at when they demit
0: it. Yeah, you know how long it takes to get that grade. Right, so you have
3: an idea. They were in for a year, year and a half, two years, what have you. Um, Within a variety of these groups, too, this was all there was. So if you joined... One of these groups, say, Martinist group or Rosicrucian group, uh, or maybe a Golden Dawn lodge or an offshoot in the twenties, thirties, forties. This was it.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay. You didn't. You know. You you were you were looking at correspondence courses. Nineteen twenties when they really start. Yeah. Now you do have an explosion of them, and some of them were quite interesting and quite good. But again, that notion of community. Conferences, conventions, conventicles, yeah. uh, being able to go to a lodge. I mean, I i remember talking to people who were in a Amwork lodge, and that's the Rosicrucian Order Amwork, or the ancient mystical order Rosicrucius, talking to them in the early 90s who remembered going to Roger Williams Chapter, which was the chapter in uh, Rhode Island, and they that was done the old school way. You would pay your lodge dues and you would go to the lodge. You would sit in the convocation or ritual class and you took notes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There that was no handout.
3: There were no handouts. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the 60s, 70s, into the early 80s, when you went to uh, Father Albertus's Paracelsus Research Society, really pretty much the only place to learn alchemy. Publicly at that time, and that was, by the way, an outgrowth of Amor's alchemy classes in San Jose in the 1940s during the Second World War. When you went there, and I've seen it, you know, there were no handouts. You drew all of the complex diagrams by hand, hand. and and this is really important to understand because Mm -hmm. the process of learning and engaging with the information was very personal. So you didn't have 30, 40, 50 PDFs to try and sort through. Yeah. And, and what I've noticed is that the difference between getting something in the mail, physical stuff in the mail, and at the Institute of Hermetic Studies, we have all of our classes online uh, through Teachable at the moment, although we're, we're rebuilding our website to move stuff over there, to migrate it over there. But we have a lot of stuff that we send out physically to people, yeah. and they're just thrilled at it. because You
1: love it. It's something I, to look forward it's to. It's personal.
3: Yeah. It's also yeah. talismanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's real. Mm-hmm. When, when you get lessons sent to you in the mail, it's real. When you get a PDF sent to you in your mailbox, it's just cool. another PDF. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like the phone bill. Yeah. It's a phone bill. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much has no meaning. Yeah. The, as, as Marshall McLuhan said, the medium mm-hmm. is the message. Uh, and the medium here is easy come, yeah, easy, easy access.
1: Yeah, easy come, easy go, though, guys. That's yeah. it. And you're, you got to give these guys props. Like having having people write things down. There is a scientific principle behind that that you remember it forever because it's a muscle memory communication with the mind, and it makes the, it makes the connection to the material that you're studying all that much stronger and more memorable. And it's getting bad. And the older I get, the less I remember. So oh God. I've started to write everything down. <laughs> like I'm reading through your book, Aggregores, <laughs> and I'm, I'm writing stuff down. Oh, guys, read this book. Mark, that thing is like talking to you. You've, you. It's amazing how well you wrote that one because it's like having a conversation at the table with you when you read it. So. Yeah, that's really good. That's a
0: mark yeah. of an, a, a good author. Yeah, it, it, it really is. I'm reading a book, and I can tell I'm reading a book because it's dry as shit. It's yeah. <laughs> not like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah know, it's, it's not at all. It's, it's not like Israel-regarding adjectivitis. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I gotta pour a glass of water on this shit. Get to the fucking point. Shut up, Israel. Good <laughs> lord. You just said in five pages what you could have said in a paragraph. I don't Come think
1: on. anybody ever used more adjectives than that man. And he, did,
0: did he not admit that he did that personally just to fuck with people? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can't answer to that either way. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: swear. It was one of the first books that I read. (laughs) It was a complete Golden Dawn system. And and I wasn't.
1: We call it the doorstop. Literally.
0: It was a struggle. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, and that book has an interesting history. I mean, he. he, What most people don't understand, and this is one of the issues you get into with the Golden Dawn, is that Israel Francis Regardi joined his lodge. He attended the lodges for the initiations. He received his uh, lessons, which he then had to copy by hand. Okay. You then (laughs) you receive the lessons, which you paid whatever the the price was for each one. You then copied yours by hand and returned the original. And he never really participated in lodge work. Oh, he was never a lodge officer. Okay,
1: he took a lot of license.
3: In some ways, yes. Yeah. (laughs) In some ways, yes. And in some ways, he, you know, his reasoning behind publishing those volumes was that he encountered these lodges in the thirties, and uh, he felt that the general quality of the leadership and the members was not something that was going to be sustainable. Yeah. So that his idea was to save this material by publishing it and making it available to others. And there is some truth to that. There's, some, I, merit it there's some merit in that too. There's some merit in And I've seen that with other groups as well. Um, one of the folks who was most influential on me was Jean Dubuis, who was a French alchemist. Oh, yeah. And he went through many of these organizations in the 50s, 60s, 70s, before he demitted from all of them. And his big thing was on uh dis-occultizing. Yeah. Now, of course, you have some rare and unique people out there who are able to do things without the structures of a group. Um, we jokingly say, "Well, he had that Jesuit upbringing as a child <laughs> yeah. you know just it really sharpens yeah. the mind and he yeah. was an engineer, yeah so the qualities that he brings are not necessarily the qualities that other people will have, but being familiar with the framework he was talking about. You know, I said, yeah, I knew some of those people, too. And, you know, what happens is uh, many people will use organizations as a way of covering up or secrecy in particular of what they don't know. And you would hear these kind of silly throwaway statements like, well, that's in the higher degrees, or that's in this. Yes.
0: The inner circle.
3: Uh Uh-huh. And and, and that Mm -hmm. may or may not be true. Yeah. That's the problem. It may or may not be true. and. My view has always been: if you can ask the question, then the person you ask it to should be able to give you an appropriate answer. Yes. Yeah. And and you see that a lot with, uh, you know, Tibetans, real Tibetan Buddhists, not
1: yeah, a, converts. No one, yeah. Is that
3: if you can? And the Chinese are notorious for this. For those have anything to do with Taoism? They're notorious for not answering the question unless you pretty much know the answer yeah. already. So. If you can ask the question properly, you will get a response kind of in direct proportion to the quality of your question. Yeah. understand. So Mm -hmm. it's a a complex relationship, whereas in a lot of these organizations, things are put off. So what you end up with, and yeah, just for the listener's sake, I mean, I'm saying a lot of things about neo-paganism and witchcraft, and that's just because I'm, I'm under the working assumption that that's the framework that many of you have experiences. And this applies to a variety of groups as well. Uh, what we've created in a lot of the uh, contemporary sense is this myth of the solo practitioner. Yeah. You know, that that I can do this alone. Uh, Well, that's what happened with the Golden Dawn. Rigardi publishes all this material, which is great, but it was the written material that he had available. So he didn't really have a lot of the conversational sidebars that you would have gotten with other people. Yeah. That give you context. Right. So yeah. he's operating in a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go, you know, talk to Pat Zaleski or, or, or read any of his posts, like on Facebook, you know, he brings out a lot of the experiences, the conversational experiences that he had with people in the uh, longest surviving Golden Dawn Lodge where he was at. And that was New Zealand. Right? Yeah. So, and, and how that worked, you had a huge amount of people involved spread across a fairly large area, but a large number within a community. So... How did that work? And in many, much of the teaching is very, it's like I got, you know, my great uncle didn't sit down and say, oh, we're going to have a teaching today. You know, we would just be talking about stuff and ideas would come up. Where he'd say, oh, read this book and you give me a book to read and I'd read it and, you know, we talk about it. And you see that too. Like when we talk about this notion of the instruction, uh, it has become excessively formalized because they don't know anything else. Yeah. And then with all you know is what is given in the Golden Dawn. And probably the, my biggest uh, statement would be the way we talk about intoning divine names, vibrating names. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a whole bunch of ways to do this.
1: But you're not going to learn it
2: from a book.
3: Well, you, you can learn Rigardi's idea from yeah. a book, and yeah. that will work, but it's not the only way. You need an way. example, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not the only way. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole bunch of probably that I can think of maybe three or four or five other ways to do it that are even more efficient. Yeah. And it takes about a minute or two to walk you through it. You know, so But, but you
1: need somebody to do that. You
3: need someone to do that. So you saw this explosion of occult lodges in the 60s and 70s based on a lot of this printed material. And without the experience to fall back on, you become somewhat rigid and dogmatic, and if it's not in the yeah. text, it's not there. Yeah. yeah. Or you go to the other extreme: the individual is bringing a lot of their experience to elaborate, but you don't know
0: one source. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Is is that?
1: And it may not be applicable to your experience of it.
3: And it may not
0: be applicable to what they're elaborating. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. It right. is. So for the new practitioner. Nowadays they really don't do they still have a choice of a lodge? are there still lodges in operation and do they have to be interested in hermeticism specifically or just esoterica in general or witchcraft where would Where would we send someone to get authentic instruction in the modern day?
3: Well, there's so many this is the issue that if you want to you go on Google and you Google fill in the blank. Yeah. I mean if we let's just skip the Golden Dawn but uh there you have uh several major Golden Dawn groups. Uh then we move outside of that. You have um within the framework of Rosicrucianism, you probably have a half dozen to a dozen major groups and major changes. I mean, you know, it goes from very big to, you know, then dropping off somewhat dramatically. I mean, we have to keep that in mind. <coughs> within martinism dozens of groups within martinism um, so it's really going to be a matter of do you know what you want yeah this is really the important part yeah. what are you trying to learn because if if you want to yeah. join a a, <clears throat> a relatively reliable golden dawn group uh, i always say go to the ciceros yeah. Yeah, yeah because they're 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 decent folks i've spent some time Book co- right, corresponding too. with yeah. them I know people in the group. It's good. Uh, there is an other group, Darcy Kuntz's group. I know people in that. In fact, we've had folks from both groups who co-taught the class we did on the three books of occult philosophy. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So there were three instructors on that class. One was from uh, Darcy Kuntz's group, and the other was from the Cicero's group. Um, within that framework, I know that both of those are going to give you some really solid, reliable instruction.
0: Good foundation. Right, good foundation.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, within the framework of Martinism, Rosicrucianism, that gets pretty hairy, but there, there are some out there. But then the question comes to what about Wicca and neo-paganism? Yeah. And, and here you find yourself in a real... Uh,
1: I'm vexed, honestly.
3: Well, what yeah. has happened, and it's happened in the... Hermetic, we'll call the magical groups, because they're not all hermetic, but what happened within the magical groups as well is probably starting around 2005 and then really hitting a high point, a powerful point uh, of just almost unmitigated momentum around 2015, 16, 17, was the infusion of politics into these groups. Yeah. And the fundamental notion was, and you saw this tremendously within yoga centers and various Buddhist groups, Tibetan Mm -hmm. Buddhism as well, is that if you weren't advocating uh, progressive political ideas, you weren't spiritual enough. Yeah. And why do the two have anything to do with each other?
1: Yeah. You should never mix your religion and your politics or your spirituality and your politics.
3: Well... What we do is we stop and we go look at the mirror. Okay. Yeah. Now if we look at the mirror, the mirror opposite of this, you would see well what were they complaining about ten and twenty years earlier? Well they these same folks were complaining ten and twenty years earlier of the influence of evangelical Christians and remember this is a narrow group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And particularly yeah, they are. and particularly a narrow group within a narrow group. Yeah. I will state here emphatically. I've had wonderful conversations with a lot of fundamentalists. And uh, we've gotten along well. Yes. uh, I don't have any problems with them. I've gotten less crap from them than I have from people who claim to be on the path. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Because that's just the way it is. I can understand because they're not trying to convert me. Yeah. And um, if they are... It's for the salvation of my soul. Yeah. Now, that's an important point.
1: Not to mold you into their mini-me. Not to yeah. mold me. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So what we see is when those evangelical groups were f- failing to advocate for their vision of heaven on earth, because that's really what it comes down to. And, and you saw that to some degree within aspects of the Catholic Church, but not too many. Uh, the idea was we're going to push forward with politics. We're going to achieve our goal politically. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: That's the Dominionist movement in a lot, right. of, a lot of ways. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah.
3: it never really worked. It never yeah. happened. And, and you even see people saying that they were... You even see some of the leadership within that saying, we've got to get out of this because this isn't what we're about. Yeah. That doesn't get as much press because it's not as exciting. Yeah. Yeah. They're diluting the message. It got though. too far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's diluting yeah. the message. Now, they recognize that that's a failure. Yeah, They're recognizing that politics is a failure of practice. Yes. Well, in their case, it's not practice. It's of belief. It's of devotion.
1: Well, it's anti-spiritual.
3: That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. So when you move into the particularly the the buddhist communities the alternative religious communities they mostly come out of the human potential movement of the 60s and 70s which itself is a complex cluster of ideas that would take a very long time to explain the relationship okay but it was fundamentally counterculture yeah so the New Age movement and neo paganism, all these groups are fundamentally counterculture, and a lot of it's focused around this notion of cultural reform. They had their own version of apocalypticism. You know, I mean, you remember Earth Changes. Yeah. I mean, I had someone who was reading Mary Summer in a couple of weeks ago. I said, "Does anybody still read that?"
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I why, are you, are you in your mind? Yeah. Okay. Or Doris Cannon's prophecies. Oh, and like so, are you, are one of you, my you,
1: least favorite people. But. Yeah. Like yeah. This yeah. is
3: so the the politicizing of of these movements was in essence not only a litmus test of your compassion.
1: It's terrible.
3: But it was also a way of saying we're going to take action. This is kind of a karma yoga for them. But it wasn't a karma yoga because it wasn't devoid of trying to grasp at the fruits. Right. So they weren't doing
0: it for their deity. They were doing it for themselves. You're
1: missing the point, people. And you think the whole
0: thing was just kind of a manipulation. Yeah. Like we can use these people to bolster our political stance, whatever that stance may be, one side or the other. I think it's a mix. This is never singular. It's
3: always a mix. Yeah. And you, you see genuine sincerity in the part of it. Uh, of people involved, that's always the case, and I, I just gave a lengthy presentation this weekend to a think tank down in West Virginia on this topic. Yeah, i topic. Wanted to
1: ask you about that.
3: Yeah, and the, the the notion of the manipulation is is really subtle. So you that's have the best kind, yeah. Yes. So so you have people <laughs> who really be, they really believe, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at the other hand, you have people who say, well, well, who here can we? Uh, what's the ally of my ally? Yeah. Well, we
0: were talking about where the middle class could see back then in the World War era, World War yeah. II, where the a lot of the working folks maybe didn't weren't privy to all the same yeah, information. They were just
1: thinking about being taken care of, controlling the miserable. message. Yeah, 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 they didn't yeah. think about the end result of what being taken care of means to mean? your future and your ability to to you know seek out happiness and be free to make your own decisions. Because when you accept that kind of Insistence into your personal everyday life and into your pocket, literally your wallet. When you accept that, you give up all freedom. You see it all right to be an individual.
3: Well, the, there's two golden <clears> rules. <throat> and the golden rule is, you know, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Yeah. The other golden rule is he who has the gold makes the rules. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> that is the, yeah, the that other.
1: Is, I hate to laugh, but it's, it needs
0: to be said. we see examples yeah. of that.
1: Yeah, every day.
0: Throughout history. Yeah. Every time yeah. you turn the channel on, yeah, you so you
3: are going to be arrested, yeah, ah, no. no,
0: no, give well, it a rest, it's yeah. never going to happen, yeah.
3: Well, well, that's why when you look at a group and you're joining an organization, you have to look at it in this way okay, um, what are my obligations to that group, and yeah. what is it, what do I get in return? It has to be clearly laid out, yeah. Now, if that group is telling you, uh, you know, we have meeting space, we have to pay for this, we've got to do this, so your dues are you know, 30 $40 a month. And you go, oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah, but it makes sense. It does make sense. I'm going to say
3: $30 a month is what you would have paid back in 1975. Yeah. Okay, what are you paying for your yoga classes? Mm
2: -hmm.
3: What are you paying for your martial arts classes? Yeah. Yeah. What are you paying for your your streaming service?
1: We're paying for Starbucks every single day.
3: Single day. Which brings us back to the point that what we've done is we've allowed contemporary spirituality and yeah. that's what we'll call that broad frame sp- practice. Contemporary spirituality has become very much a extension of the entertainment industry. Yes, and yeah. it's got
1: an every man for itself sort of laissez faire about actually having discipline and having a knowledge and a history to base your practice on. It's just sort of gone out the window, and it's disheartening.
3: It's what happens when you. Take that which was liminal, and you move it into the public school.
1: Yeah, that makes that's a good point. I yeah. think profane. Uh, George yeah.
3: George Hansen wrote a book called "The Trickster and the Paranormal," and it's really. He only wrote one book. It's really worth reading. George is a, a bit of a curmudgeon, and I like <laughs> curmudgeons. We, we've we've had him <laughs> that's here. That's why we like you. <laughs> you just call Mark a curmudgeon. Did you just lose that's your computer? Our, that's all right. Yeah, but it's not doing anything. Okay. <laughs> We've had him here for conference, the Institute for Medic Studies. We've had him for conference presentations. And um, his book was featured or mentioned, I should say, maybe two years ago in an episode of, what is it, Hellier? Yeah. Is that it? And that kind of gave it a bit of a burst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but really read that because you can see how when you go down this road, uh, what some of the internal experiences are going to, you're going to encounter. Yeah. And uh, you only know that if you either read a book like that or you read one of mine on Pathology of the Sublime, or you're involved with a group that's been around for 150 or 250 years. Yeah. And good luck with that. Yeah. So you, you, there is a lot of information in books you can get that can help you, but you need to use your common sense when engaging with the people around you and, and looking at them and saying, is this someone that I want to be like? Yeah. You know, how much?
1: What am I What am I willing to emulate here? Well, they're going to be your mentors, yeah. so that's, yeah. that's yeah. a logical yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, but yeah. logic and
1: <laughs> and I think we're in an age where there's a lot of us, um, of your generation and our generation, who are like, if we'd have said that to someone, or if we'd have assumed that about someone, we'd have gotten a lesson really quick. Oh, really quick. Rush, yeah, a rush yeah. to judgment. Yeah, there is. It's terrible.
0: Judge, jury, and execution yeah. uh, right and away. And
1: my thought on that is like what we were talking about earlier, is you're judging this author, and you don't know what he lived. You don't know what he had to do to survive during that period of time. You also don't know what he had access to. And the very fact that he's willing to share it is just kind of incredible.
0: Well, everybody wants things yeah. in black and white. Yeah. It's either this or that. And it's almost yeah. never that.
1: Yeah. It's like I've heard Dion Fortune. I've heard her demonized several times because of her views. It's the day she lived in. Yeah. It was the common thinking of the time. And you have to you have to look at it and take that with kind of a grain of salt and look at what she's bringing to the table and what she's offering, rather than judging her. We're too quick to judge people, without knowing the path that they've walked or where they've come from. And I, th- I think you guys probably deal with a lot of that in ceremonial practice. Now with, I don't know, am I right that it's like they're coming at you from the neo-Pagan side of things like, well, you're way too stodgy or you're way too strict, and we just want immediate gratification and result. We don't want to put in any of the work. And I think that's harming you guys and your efforts to kind of fundraise and
3: and bring things to the fore that people need. Well, I think part of it, too, is this notion of um – a either disrespect for hierarchy, you know, a, a kind of notion that everything is equal. And uh, prior to coming here, I, I read some emails that were sent out regarding a local group that's been around for well over 30 years. And they hit a crisis moment. And the crisis is one that's common in many groups. And I, I read the response and the... the um, concerns that were brought up were legitimate. They were you know, they weren't outrageous either. They were just calling it as it is. This is a simple matter of time and place. This is essentially not good. We're not going to get any new members if we keep meeting at a quarter to five in the afternoon. Because yeah. the only people who can come are gonna be people who are retired. retired people, yeah. Or unemployed. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else has got two jobs trying right. to survive. Yeah. So how yeah. do we how do we move or create a second avenue? And of course the notion is uh, well we can do it on Zoom, but the Zoom relationships are not the same. They're not. No. It's not the you same. You don't
1: have that connection.
3: No. no. That's why we wanted you here. Yeah, that's right. Oh dark thirty. <laughs> <No, dark parody. laughs> so you have this kind of rejection of hierarchy where all ideas are just the same. Or you have a misunderstanding of hierarchy. And this is and the easiest one to point out here, of course, is within Wiccan witchcraft circles. Uh, you know in in of course in ceremonial magic you have that same thing um someone wants to get to x degree x initiation because at that point they can start their own group and they can be in charge yeah right. oh yeah
0: yeah yeah selfish
3: yeah heavy yeah. as the head people don't rush yeah yeah just, don't where, rush so you you have this idea well okay when when i mean think about it and this is just it takes you how long does it take you to get to be a, a third degree, whatever, so you can now become your own high priest or priestess. Was it take you? Two years, three years, five years? I mean if you're doing it, it's it's like in the old days, you know, everyone wanted to rush to get to the black belt. Yeah. And and all that meant is that you were trainable really. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the training yeah. starts. That's where yeah. really you're able the to work. Yeah. 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 So we're we're not looking we're looking at the spiritual practice too two things. One is it's not a technique to fix your problems. It's a technique to understand yourself and then resolve those issues either spontaneously, meaning through a new point of view they they dissipate or you address them differently, or in which you take full responsibility for them and then manage it from that better point of view. So a lot of the emphasis on persecution and victimhood is extremely counterproductive yes oh my god yeah. the the emphasis on being counterculture is extremely counterproductive so even the way they talk about the differences between folk magic and ritual magic well that was the magic of rich people okay well, not necessarily no. and uh, <laughs> you know you, again how do you how you're relating sh- relating to these different energies is clearly both stated explicitly and implicitly. Mm-hmm. Spirituality is also not psychology. It is not psychotherapy.
1: No, you need that for real in life. <laughs> right. you,
3: you, that psychotherapy is a preliminary engagement of the unconscious and, and the crap that you've got in your own mind uh, so that when you begin to engage it more directly and more manipulatively, which is what magic or rituals or meditation does, it manipulates that to some degree that you're able to do so without uh, without going crazy. Yeah. Okay cuz yeah. th- this work fundamentally is not safe. No.
1: No, yeah. not facing your own your own darkness, your own demons. Yeah. And then you've got to try to to figure out how to live with the agonizing depression that that's going to create or the anxiety that that's going to bring to the fore that you can't believe you were that kind of person. <laughs> you
0: know? We see that and a people lot, People bridge too. jump.
1: I mean, it's terrible. We see that yeah. a lot, too,
0: yeah. here, where people that are going through a crisis, yeah. and they all of a sudden want to take on the esoteric arts. Yeah,
1: don't do that. You're not ready for that yet.
0: Get your house in order yeah. first. Yeah. This isn't the tool. Because this
1: will reveal you quickly.
0: Well, and yeah. to yeah. Mark's point, it can be yeah. dangerous. Yeah,
1: devastating, yeah. Yeah, it's very shocking, and so we're looking at that. Lately, we've been talking to some some people who are in the pagan spirituality, but are also mental health professionals that we're kind of trying to bring in, so people will have access because that's been the biggest complaint. Licensed therapist. in this community that that we've yeah. seen is that when I go for therapy, they just don't get me, and they want a three hundred two me right away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, well, we need an answer to that that query, you know.
3: Well, if you saw the correspondence that I get that I pass on to our board members, yeah
1: I can't even imagine uh, yeah.
3: and it's it's a reality yeah, it is and it's uh so when you engage in these practices, you need to have a firm foundation, yeah, and you need to recognize that it is a process of inner revelation, mm-hmm. yeah and that uh, you have to learn to be detached from what you see about yourself so that you don't get overwhelmed by it. Right. And that you need a, a good friend and guide. And what will happen is if you even if you have a good friend and guide, and I mean a really good one, one who's really experienced, The tendency or the reality that at some point you will then reject that relationship. Yeah. You will explode against it. You will revolt against it in a very adolescent-y kind of way. Yeah. Because you're going to go in initially with idealism. So all of your unresolved parental and authority issues are projected onto this person. You know, your Yoda or your whatever. (laughs) You know, your ideal Merlin. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and they they even if they are extremely well grounded and developed and adept and integrated you're not going to know that yeah. you, you don't you don't know what enlightened people are like yeah and if you did well then the, this conversation wouldn't be any any meaningful to you right So the unknown known. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So 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 (laughs) when when you engage with people who have a a deeper perception of reality, uh, and you're coming at it with some very concrete notions of right and wrong, good and evil, how things are supposed to be, black and white, yeah, Uh, very rooted. Very. Then it can be difficult to understand what's going on. Yeah. Now at the same time, that's where we fall into a lot of trouble because we see that's an aspect of manipulation by folks who have less than. uh, yeah, uh, ideal or or, or selfless uh, notions going on. Yeah, they'll use that naivete uh, to to manipulate you. But you know that's just part of life. Yeah, I, mean, I think this is really important to understand. You, nothing in life is safe. No. So to what we have to encounter, and I think Jordan Peterson said it really well on some podcast. And it has to do with the encounter that people have with evil. Yeah is that evil is essentially predatory. And what it does is it looks at the potential uh, prey and looks at you and how you're acting and behaving, and you deserve this in their mind because you're naive. Yeah. You have put yourself and created a condition where you deserve this because you were stupid enough to be that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a really hard concept for some people to grasp, but it's the way criminals think. Yeah, It's the way predators think.
1: It's the way the ultra, ultra, ultra wealthy and corporate America think. Yeah. It is. So, it is. Right. Yeah. So
3: yeah. When, when you when you find yourself engaging then in these inner practices, you have to be prepared to have an encounter with what we'll call as evil. Yeah. And that forces you then to understand where you've been naive. Now the difference here is naive is it's it, it's it's so difficult for so many because it's idealism, and this goes back to saying why do they. Politicize everything. Well, that politicizing is a way of taking an intellectual ideal and forcing it on the physical world and saying, You see, we were right. You see? Yeah. We yeah. were right. And not yeah. having to actually work through it and to see where maybe, okay, you know, a funny thing happened on the way to the Forum was a movie from the 60s. You know? <laughs> yeah. I used to say, A funny thing happened on the way to enlightenment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, as you yeah. Is you encounter all these strange, aspects, these pebbles in the shoe, these things that don't quite fit that you then have to work with. Whereas you can avoid all that if you can just politically force it on the world yeah. and say, you see, that's our vision and we're right. Yeah. yeah. And so agree, so agree with us. So agree with yeah. us. Because yeah. the opposite is, is, is the evil. Yeah. yeah. If you're opposite, you're bad. You're evil. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. If you're not with me or against me. Yeah. Which, which yeah. is
3: why you see so many of these groups break apart because yeah. they, they focus so much on what they're not. Yeah. We're not that. Well yeah. b- But all the energy now is to creating that yeah. within the group so the group falls apart. I
1: think there, though, you're fighting human nature. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: Based that's nature. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That, that's just the reality.
1: Yeah. There. I mean, what do you do? One mark. There has to be a solution to this. <laughs> well, the solution is practice. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. The solution yeah. Is, is having, and that practice is around an understanding of who you are and, and what you're becoming, yeah. and having some flexibility to recognize—not too much. You don't want to be a you know too flexible where you you can't do anything. But you need to have a bit of flexibility. As I'm, I can listen to ideas without having to believe or endorse them. Exactly. And,
1: and not feel threatened by them, right? Yeah, because it's not mine; that's theirs. That's always
0: yeah. been yeah. our approach too. Yeah. we we may endorse a book, we don't agree with the person that, that yeah, on yeah, everything. Yeah, but the information Absolutely. in it has yeah. it's valid and it has value. Yeah, you know. You don't have to incorporate everything.
1: And like into, he said, I've had people come at me because, you know, I have friends that are Christians or I have customers that are Christians, and this is a and we witchcraft love them. store. They're amazing. I yeah. love those people. I'm sorry. Yeah. Screw you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, yeah. It's
0: not a –
1: They're good people at the base of their being, and they mean well.
0: Yeah, the political yeah. machinations yeah. have always been a huge turnoff for me. Yeah, me you know? too. Like the minute I detect it, I'm like,
1: okay, Yeah, that's why you. we don't put a flag yeah. in our front yard. This why we don't put a bumper sticker on the car. Because you know? it's I, like, want, yeah, yeah.
0: I want the enlightenment without yeah. the additive, mm-hmm. so to speak.
3: Well, what you've, you'll notice is that eventually this will – and I did a an, an discussion with David Metcalf. Maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, on this, and we talked about the future of esotericism, I and mean, it really is future spirituality. Yeah, I loved that one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what you end up with is this bifurcation, you know, a splitting. Yeah. So, as, as spirituality then bifurcates, uh, you're going to see those who adhere to identifying spirituality with their particular political view. In in this case, it's traditionally within this community, it tends to be uh, not even liberal politics, but progressive politics. You have to make a distinction between those two. You know, uh, progressive is more radicalized, intolerant aspect under the guise of being liberal. Uh, As that becomes more concrete within those groups, uh, they will eventually disintegrate and fracture because yeah. they can't withstand the pressure of it.
1: No, you can't hold and to that idealism. Well, it's, it's, it's unattainable. We,
3: well, it's holding others to your idealism. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's why the OTO had huge problems in the last oh. few years, huge problems. But they're just one of many. Uh, my point is, as that happens, too, you're going to see also a increase in smaller and more private groups. So... Some things are going to also become more truly occult. That is more yeah. or less not completely hidden, but you know it's not going to be the open door policy like that, that we experience.
1: So it's returning in some ways. It's sort of a circle, right? And it's well, coming back around to what its original intention was. We know, honestly, we know that yeah. personally. Yeah, we do know that very personally because you know, they fracture against us constantly. Well, yeah, not yeah, only
0: that, yeah. but to Mark's point, that yeah. it's not a. There's no website.
2: No. <laughs> It's, no.
1: You know, it's a yeah.
0: personal thing. yeah. And yeah. 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 yeah.
1: It, there's no one to look to there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't need the added flavor. Yeah. No. Um,
0: so where where would a, a a person be able to go? I mean, obviously there's a Hermetic Institute. Would you recommend Amorc still or
3: Well, you know, the, the Institute for Hermetic Studies uh has courses that are available online and we have our annual conference and then we do Smaller events, and and that's really good for folks who are trying to get a very comprehensive view of the path. And that's my point: comprehensive, yes, from beginning to end. And a lot of places simply don't have that. No, right. they don't. So yeah. we take you from the beginning to the end. This is how it works, and then you can. Most of it, although not all of it, but most of it you'll find is because it becomes increasingly internal. Now that's the important part as you progress on this. You have to have certain amounts of ritual work and exterior work and, and body-focused work, but increasingly the practices become internal. So those practices in particular uh, are easily integrated into other pathways. if you Other avenues. Av- yeah. Other avenues. Yeah. Because it's, you're, you're doing this internally. So yeah. you don't have to wonder too much about, well, you know, do do I have the right feather? Do I have the right candle color? Yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah. Not, we're not we're not working on that at yeah. that point. Um, uh, organizationally, I think uh, it really comes down to a matter of the question. Uh, I know that in northeastern PA and central southeastern PA, there are several um, covens that exist. Uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, they're Alexandrian, and what is the other one uh, I'm trying to think of? Gardnerian. Gardnerian? Or it's Gardnerian, but there's another one I'm trying Dianic? To, might be Dianic. Might yeah. be, a, yeah. And I fear the vulva of the goddess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> there are those types of things, and, and maybe it's not your your uh, particular shtick permanently, but you may want to experience what those traditional govins are like. Yeah. Uh, I always find the ritual nudity kind of humorous because... It, it's just too cold, and yeah, right? <laughs> it's always the ugly ones. Yeah. Put your clothes back on. You're terrible. It's a
0: terrible sight, sight for, for a Adam sober man. i or not believe
3: it was the same deal. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: yeah, bless your heart. <laughs> And there's a good
3: there's a good reason to believe that it may come from a, uh, a a translation error in, in uh, Leyland's book. I yeah, yeah about i that. heard about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it yeah. needs just to be lightly covered. Yes. You, know? yes, you mean I've been
0: getting naked all these years for nothing? Yeah. And I
1: think <laughs> I think that too might have been stolen from the mantle as your glory. Yeah. You only uncover that for the glory of God. Yeah. and I think that they took it a little too way too yeah. far. <laughs>
2: Here,
0: I don't you know even what? think
2: God
1: wants to see that. No. It makes you
0: happy. Just don't burn your titties on yeah, the fire. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: I just go back to poor Libby
0: oh, down gosh. in North
1: Carolina who opened up her farm graciously to everybody for ritual. <laughs>
0: Beautiful place.
1: It lasted for a good few years, but then it got invaded by, well, Dude with the didgeridoo, sticking <laughs> yeah. it
0: up, oh, dude. <laughs> sticking it up, women's
1: dresses,
2: <laughs> naked college
1: students showing up in droves with with children at the event, and yeah. some people were just horrified. And it was, oh my god, it was such a mess. And I felt so bad for her. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs>
0: Isn't there a dude in a loincloth or yes! something? I know. I just said, let's go.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: and, and that's that's the problem of being counterculture so <laughs> when i used to go to this big event it still exists and, and they're decent folks but i remember saying back in the you know 20 years ago i said guys you know this is a god fun but you know this is not a family friendly event no, no. and no, if, no. if you want no. to have a future you need to have something that is con- and, and i've said this yeah. to some uh, Tibetan Buddhist groups that my wife was involved with, and and I offered to assist them in some areas. I said, Guys, you were not family friendly. No. And it's and, not, and they were family friendlier. Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> they because saw. you could bring kids and stuff, but yeah. th- they just didn't have the same yeah. framework that was saying it was so focused on me as an individual. Yeah. That it didn't have or, or me as an individual in this group. Right that it's it didn't have a mechanism for family inclusion. Yeah. So you didn't have essentially that version of Sunday school that I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, now, I know there were attempts, I don't know if it's still around, to create, uh, what was it called, Pagan Scouts? Yeah. And Oh, I don't, my
1: God, really? I hadn't heard this.
3: Yeah, this was back in the day. Now, and, and of course, if you were in scouting uh you could do your badge on um you know your religion badge if you chose to do that one because you pick the badges you do i know they did have an avenue for buddhism and Taoism and, and hinduism they had you know for it was just exclusively within either protestant or roman catholic i think they had an orthodox or judaism it wasn't exclusively that so they did have avenues for for branching out into other yeah. things um uh, I remember dealing with that with one of my sons, and it was a little tricky. But, you know, you can write to them and you say, look, guys, you're, you, you know, Theravadin isn't the only form of Buddhism, okay? Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. So there's not going to be a, there's, there's no priest to go to here, you know? No. Yeah, no. Yeah. But that said, um, how you organize yourself for the future, which is what everyone who talks to me these days is always about, Yeah, the future. Okay. Yeah, because it's rough right now. Yeah, it's like herding cats. Yeah. And, and, and that, and you know, and they've that mantra has to change. Yeah, because it does. If you want to, as I say it to everyone, listen very closely to this. What are you creating with your for, for your children and your grandchildren? Yeah. Because that's the world. If you believe in reincarnation, that's the world you're going to re- come back to. Yes. You know, you, you don't. You're not a rock star. You don't get to destroy the hotel room and then someone else comes in and pays the bill. Yeah. You yeah. are the child of your deeds, as Elvis yes. said. So, what you are creating is not just for your children and your grandchildren, but it's for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, tradition, for lack of a better term is that collective experience, and we'll say ho- wisdom from that, because that's the purpose of it, is to, to distill out what is what works and why from what doesn't. But that tradition, that, uh, is what is the gift you give to yourself in the future. Mm-hmm. And that requires a very mature shift in viewpoint. Yeah. And you know the the typically adolescent view that we see that permeate, and adolescent isn't just an age, but it's across even oh, the adult God. members. Yes. That has permeated too much of contemporary spiritual practice is why you you have those problems of, of it's like junior high all over again. It is. Yeah. We were just saying a lot of it
0: is like high school mean girls. Yeah, it you is. Know, it really just, is. It's ridiculous. It's insane. Some of the shit that's been hurled at us.
1: Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're
0: not even there. And yeah. You know, I don't know what you're. Yeah. We're over here talking about other things.
3: Yeah. I, I, it, and what happens then is then the people who are capable of doing things and getting things done kind of just drift away because yeah I
0: don't have time for this. It's so. Yeah. They go behind closed doors. It's it really is, and it's depressing.
3: Yeah.
1: And there's, there's not a single night goes by that I don't go in and close the door and go, oh, God.
2: Yeah.
3: So, so yeah. how do you organize for the future? And that has to do with focusing on spiritual practice as fundamentally a process of self-revelation and maturation, primarily. And then ritual magic and manipulation of time, space, energy to get things as a secondary practice. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of been inverted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree with that.
1: And don't really yeah. know how to write the course. It's like, it's... it's well,
0: yeah. they just choose not to. Yeah. Because it's stuff.
1: Well, it's hard. Yeah. It requires effort. It requires love. And
0: That's why there's a dedication. thousand books on introduction to witchcraft. I know. Where's the Witchcraft 102 books? Uh, yeah. Where's the 103, 104, 105? Yeah. You know? yeah, And and when I get asked that, I'm like, well, the Agrippa is up there. Yeah. <laughs> Start there.
1: Yeah. So he oh. relates it to the two rooms. One is like high school, you know, and the other one's your yeah. Room. I've I've told Mark my shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> your uh, your yeah. college up to your doctoral v- grad degree school <laughs> is up here. Yeah. Um. Oh.
0: yeah. We we really get excited when we have. You know people that have been involved in the esoteric like community for a long time that have a history, you know, like Christopher came in, it was a joy, mm-hmm. it's a joy, him and Kelly both. Just, yeah, I could talk to them all day, yeah, or I could let them talk and me listen, <laughs> yeah, all day. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that is like that was the highlight of our week to yeah. have them in. I, I just, it was great,
1: and we get a few.
0: Yeah. We get a few there's, there's a few that drive all the way from New York City and we just spend half the day with them, you yeah. know and just let them talk. Mm-hmm. You the know, couple from the village are kind of incredible yeah, there's they're so much people. you can learn if yeah. you just shut the
2: fuck yeah. up you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah,
1: but it is a me 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 i uh, i uh, society yeah. for you know a great deal of it and i and I get it they feel oppressed, all right, <laughs> and so they're there's there's they're reaching out and they're lashing out. With everything that they have, and that's all they have in most cases, is that.
0: And we see and the the wannabe gurus. Somehow we have to appeal to that. The wannabe gurus around here. Yeah. Uh, Trying to monetize things by slapping people in the face with a fish or a <laughs> chicken or whatever yeah. might be <laughs> <handy>. Oh, wait.
3: <laughs> Who would that be?
0: Oh, yeah. No
3: idea. Oh. No
0: idea. Just don't eat at that restaurant. Okay? No, <laughs> oh, God, no. You might get some whiskers in your fish. And
2: yeah. you
1: wouldn't believe the stories. We still hear about the people who go for a card reading, and then they end up getting charged five, dollars to $800 for having a spirit removed that they saw during a card reading. What kind of card reading is this, and where can I learn it? That's yeah. a- <laughs> uh, it's the back alley. And- <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh. And, it's, and, you know, like the, the young lady that owns uh, the Serpent's Key over in Hanover. Have you heard about that?
3: Hanover, down by, but that's Hanover, down by Pitch, York. Or Harrisburg, if I yeah. believe. Yeah, yes.
0: thereabouts, yeah. yeah. The cop. Where the police chief wanted yeah. to enforce Dolphin the fortune-telling law. Yeah. <laughs> Chad. Yeah. And, um, I mean, basically picked her out of all these other places. Because she was young. Because she was young looked like an easy yeah. target. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just, like, really? Do we really want to discuss Pennsylvania's archaic laws? No, right. Oh, wait, we did.
3: I still sing in my bathtub. I'm still going you to prison. You cannot sleep on I'm top of your refrigerator to <laughs> in Pennsylvania. against the law. <laughs> but, 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 you know, and, and on the other side, too, though, we do have a uh, – you guys are here. There's, there's some other folks that are around. And, yeah. And, and realistically, you know, that Dolphin County experience is, is two hours away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, a, it's a different – Area. It's a different world. That's one way to put it. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I mean, and that needs to be understood. You know, people (laughs) often ask about Pennsylvania. So, are you anywhere near Pittsburgh? I said, if I drive five hours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh anywhere near Philly? I said, yeah, if I drive two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The notion of size and scope is important. Yeah, it is. You know, on the bright side too, we're what's called a Quaker state, which means. You know, anyone can perform a marriage as long as it's agreed upon by the the people giving it. So, yeah, there's there's these. You can
1: marry yourself, right? I don't know about that. that. (laughs) Uh, That'd be a new
0: twist. uh,
3: (laughs) I'm I'm letting all those go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about um, egregores and the. uh, The meeting. The speech you gave in yeah. west virginia how did that go
3: well the book we're talking about is egregores the occult entities that watch over human destiny it was published by inner traditions i think in 2018 excellent and uh it was a book that came out of uh, a conversation i had with jocelyn godwin who if you don't know the name he's really one of the foremost authorities on western esotericism and, and renaissance scholars uh His book, Pagan Dreams of the Renaissance, is just a wonderful thing to read. And if you're looking for a very wonderfully well-informed and pleasant read of the Western esoteric traditions, read his small book, The Golden Thread, and you'll find me mentioned in the back somewhere in a a footnote or something. And we were having lunch, and... uh, I said to him, oh, you know, I am thinking about writing a book on egregores. and His response was something like, well, thank God, because if, if you don't do it, I'll have to. <laughs> and I was really just thinking of a, really a book about the size that we have, maybe even smaller, a smaller monograph, really. I didn't expect it to have interest outside of a narrow framework of people. Yeah. And he's, when it was done, because I had information put together, so it really only took me about two weeks to, to write it, Uh, I sent it off to him and he said send it to Inner Traditions and I sent it to Inner Traditions in the morning and by the afternoon I had a call from I think it was John Graham and he said well uh, there's only two people who can really assess this book and one of them's already approved it so we'll send it out to the other one and we'll get you a contract in the mail. Uh, And that's pretty much how it went. Now what was interesting about the book is When you write a book of nonfiction, you have to have a general idea of where you want to go. And you you have to put bumpers on things. You you have to put a framework that Mm -hmm. this is how big it's going to be. Yeah. Because unlike writing fiction, where you can kind of go on forever in theory, with nonfiction, you, you really have to understand your audience and the limits of what they're going to read. And your topic, too. And that's the joke we, we say about Chris's book, Chris Bellardi, his book, The Red Church. Yeah. You know, back when he was writing it and I did the introduction to it, you know, it's you know, dude, it's it's a book, not an encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. You know, put yeah. a fork in it, the turkey's done already. <laughs> <Yeah. right? laughs> and then of course he, he finally does complete it and it's a it's marvelous. It, it's a marvelous book mm-hmm. and it's the one that people go to yeah. on that topic. Yeah. And deservedly so. So I, I just wrote uh Egregor is as if it were a conversation, as if I was just sitting there explaining to you. It's, this it is reads what it is. like that too. And when it's done, we had to go in and put in artificial chapter breaks because there weren't any. It was just a conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, oh, well, this is a good place for a break, and this is a good one, and this is a good one. And the book just took off. And it took off at a time when people were trying to understand what was happening. On a mass level. Yeah. So we know that it received considerable attention in some political circles. Uh, We know that it was translated into French, Hungarian, I believe German, and I think uh, one or two other languages that I'm not, I don't always get the updates till later. So it it had a wide interest, and it's the one that I was starting to get calls, and my wife would say, well, you're like, what what is the head of that physics department calling you for?" <laughs> well, they they want to talk about the book, and she said, "Well, what does that have to do with, with physics?" Right. Well, because right. back in the sixties, that's where they did the early UFO research, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, Or I would get calls from. The head of or we'll use the phrase data analytics firms yeah <laughs> okay, secret squirrels, yeah. yeah yeah, and some of my friends are looking at the emails they send to you you see they only work for one they work for yeah. one group, yeah, you know? yeah. So the <laughs> notion of egregores or this collective consciousness, this collective thought forms that can form and inform uh, mass action. Yeah. For lack of a better term. I don't like to use the word mind control because that, that's a throwaway term. What we're talking about is informing or forming mass action. Yeah. Okay, of some sort. Was clearly, and I recently wrote a very lengthy essay on this, which you can read at our blog, Vox Hermes and it's called An Open letter to the Children of Hermes, in which I give a laundry list. I start roughly with Edward Bernays, and I move to the present, talking about the role of forming ideas and getting people, manipulating people on a large level, large groups of people. And I touch upon some of the uh, more reliable MKUltra stuff. Of course, you know, back in the early 70s, we had... Uh, one of the locals was involved in that, and it became a, a book that was yeah. a, a topic, the, the, the Control of Candy Jones. At that time, she yeah. was a uh, a New York City radio personality. And her story was very interesting. And then move into some of the psychic research, because, of course, we had Dale Graf here about two years ago, who was one of the civilian oversight for uh, Project Stargate in the 80s Mm -hmm. and he talked about some things
1: control remote viewing the remote the
3: remote viewing work so you know i go through a good laundry list of folks and and bring it to the present more or less with uh what is the phrase that gets used now um mass formation psychosis okay that one that's about two years old that phrase so i bring it up to that and say you know this is this is real Uh, There is a brutal battle going on for the control of your mind. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand your mind, uh, someone else will, and it doesn't necessarily be in your best interest. And what you are being told is conspiracy theory is not. This is conspiracy fact, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a list of reliable sources that you can go personally read, you know, from at least going back a, well over a hundred, about a hundred years. Yeah. And then we link it in at this uh, point, I linked it into the writings of, now Bernays gives us the link through Freud, but for our listeners intents and purposes, the, the place to go is Ionas Kuliana, who is a Romanian uh, academic, but he was also a fairly good practitioner of magic. And uh, he wrote a, several books, but his most important one is probably Eros and magic in the Renaissance. And that's the one you, you really want to read and understand, because he talks about the Renaissance ideas, particularly of uh, what was it, it was Bruno Ficino and uh, Pico Mirandola and the use of ceremonial magic as not only in the creation of worlds, now this is important, the creation of worlds, but also in the Manipulation of the mind, mass influence. Okay. And uh, he was assassinated in, I think it was 91. Shocker. Uh, Yeah. And uh, the method of assassination was fitting with how the uh, KGB, uh, Romanian Secret Service would have done it. Yeah. Jared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was he a, can't yeah.
1: talk about that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, Shut up. <laughs> his, his book is
3: well worth reading. If this presentation becomes available, um, we're going to find a way to get it put on our Teachable platform or somewhere else. But uh, the PDF of the presentation I gave, the PowerPoint, we'll find a way to kind of make that available as well. But this is the point. You know, when you look at what is happening by organized entities, yeah, organized groups, and then you look at this mass level of, quite frankly, pathetic adolescent disorganization within the community. Yeah. And the whining and complaining that goes on. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can understand that. Again, what is the, what is the, the role of the, of the, the sociopath, right? Of they say, look, you're too lazy and stupid. Yeah. So you get what you deserve. Yeah. And I have to say. We'll do it for you. Yeah. There's truth to that. Yeah, there is. It's called karma. Mm-hmm. Cause and effect. Oh. If, if you want to make a better world, you have to make a better self first. Yes. And then you have to learn to cooperate, even on a small level, with a bunch of folks. Yeah. So, so if your coven or your chapter or your lodge and you've got 10, 12 people or 5 people is unable to to cooperate and sustain itself for more than two or three years. Why should I believe anything you say about anything?
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah.
3: I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah. So you may have a lot of good ideas. Yeah. But how you work that through the psychological level, how you work that through the psychic level of, 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 of dimensions, we'll call it, for lack of a better term, and then bring that into realization on a Terra firma, right here with yeah. us, uh, is really important. And, and you know this as business owners because oh god,
2: yeah,
3: it's easy to have the idea. Of, I'm sure you get lots of people telling you how to run your business. Oh,
1: every day, yeah. yeah. And
3: they, and they can't run a lemonade stand. Yeah. Not only can't, but they don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and
1: ideas are a dumb a dozen. Implementation is everything. Yeah. Yeah. You have to I mean, f- it, it, be able it, it, to follow through execution yeah. to completion. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: then there's a lot of that yeah. you I have to make sure you don't
1: point. lose your voice. That's the biggest that's the biggest point in yeah. there.
0: And and we have yeah. we have even personally seen it going off track and went nope. Nope, nope, nope. And nope made nope. a correction to get back to what the initial vision was. Yeah.
3: Well that's called yeah. mission creep. And, yeah. and mission creep is typical it's in t- non profit organizations, but you see it a lot at for profit recently. Yeah. And the mission creep is what happens when, or that's the definition of what has happened when, what should have been organizations or movements fundamentally concerned with the individual's self-enhancement realization and, and progress and turning them into political movements. Yes. Because it's- in, It's a hijack. It's yeah, in, it is. It's a hijack, but it's an easy <clears throat> slide. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, and you don't see it until it's already done some damage. Right,
3: you're yeah. you're, you're moving sideways at yeah. 30 miles an hour, and it's exactly how it felt yeah. too. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah,
0: very apropos. You're
1: blindsided, yeah. yeah. and you, then you're mad at yourself because you should have seen. Oh, it. Oh, hindsight is definitely 2020.
0: <laughs> 20. Why <laughs> yeah. the fuck did that happen? Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we need to sit down and discuss. Okay, that can't happen. <laughs> and then the next week. The other wind blows. Yeah, well, you know
3: it, it's about boundaries. It yeah. is, and and when when people get involved so. in spirituality, yes. they they fail to grasp the nation the notion that what is that? I yeah. want to over, because the idealism is easy. Like one fellow said to me, I remember one llama, enlightenment of the mind is easy. Yeah, enlightenment of the emotions mm, that's Not harder. So much, yeah. Enlightenment of the body, yeah, that's the hard one.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: and it's very easy to have a great idea. Yeah. And it's very easy to have a great idea and tell other people how they're supposed to implement your great idea. Or take yeah.
0: someone else's great idea. Yeah. And yeah. think you're going to do it better. You're going to do yeah. it better. Oh, you've done yeah. all the legwork.
3: Let you me know. do it. Let
0: yeah. me let me show you how it should be done. Yeah, yeah you, you go It's kind of
1: hilarious to watch. Oh, okay. okay. Go yeah. sign
0: that lease. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Go Commercial on, leases yeah. are really hard to get out of.
3: Yeah. <laughs> let me
1: know in about two years how
3: you're sleeping.
0: you got to pay your bills, folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. They,
3: <laughs> well, then you see the political notion of... They're all evil. They're all
0: greedy. They're all, yeah. g- well, they, they do black magic. Yeah. yeah. We've More. gotten that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Really? 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 <laughs> yeah, really.
1: What the hell even is that? Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, clearly, clearly you're not too good at it. No, <laughs> not, right? not at all. Damn straight.
1: I'd be rolling in modest gold. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. The emotional structures get in the way. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: when um, you got to stop that too. Yeah. yeah,
0: you well, you, you wag your finger. At. Yeah,
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> and, 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 and how do you make hard decisions? And that's mm-hmm. like with a group. A group has to have boundaries. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, back in the you know 60s, 70s, early 80s even days, you pretty much worked with anybody because there weren't a lot of folks easily around. But, the Pickens was slim. Yeah. But somehow yeah. there were still at least a modest amount of boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess maybe because again, they 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 knew how crazy they could get, but you couldn't go this far. Otherwise, you you'd get some manners slapped on you pretty it's fast. It's not like
1: is. that now.
0: Yeah, and it is what. Yeah. And when it is like that,
1: they get mad and come after it, you. It, would, it's
0: a it's would, a would personal yeah. personal attack or something. <laughs> yeah. No, you just can't no. do that here. We're not going to tolerate. It's it. It's
1: not who I am. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and that
3: and that's what we call that's the reality of Saturn. Yeah. And if you
0: look at a group,
3: and here we'll get into some symbolism, if you look at the groups, hermeticism is very much a mercurial group. So that means it has a lot to do with energies, but also the mind and the intellect, the formation of structures. But it tends to be very moving too. So those moving parts, you got to make sure they're like a clock, that they work well. And if they don't, yep. they grind and then they fall apart. But that's, yeah. Mercury's okay with that. It understands. Okay. Yep. Yep. New form, new structure. Out with the
1: old and with the new.
3: Right. Yeah when you uh. when you work with a lot of the the witchcraft groups you're dealing with a lot of lunar forces yeah and those lunar energies are incredibly volatile so and, and you're trying to solidify what
0: is very volatile yeah you're you know? fighting every step of the way right so you you're have, fighting
3: nature yeah so how right. do you do that how do you grab <laughs> which is volatile solidify it structure it well that's where a lot of the Saturn comes in. You've got to have the discipline of Saturn. Yeah. And Saturn is limits. You know, I mean, you want to achieve something. You yeah. have a goal. So you say, I want to blank. What is it? I want a new car. So you're going to do your visualization for a new car. You're going to yeah. do all this ritual for a new car.
1: But then you got to do the work.
3: Right. You have, you, have to go, you have to go look for cars. You have to look for them. But you have to have a clear idea. Because we always hear that wonderful story. And that happened to a friend of mine. He got a really nice Lexus, dirt cheap, great condition, you know, happened, Uh, okay? uh (laughs) And it's fine. It's a great ride. But the idea that you're going to get, well, here's one. I want a BMW. I want me to do it. Great. Okay, fine. But do you have $500 a month set aside for maintenance and repairs? Yeah, thank you. Okay. You see how much
1: a headlight costs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) A friend of mine, he loves his BMW. He cried when he got rid of it. But he said at the end of the year, if he had any money left over, because it was about, he said he put away six grand a year. Yeah. He says if anything was left over, that was a plus. Yeah. So part of it has to do with you as an individual and, and coming to understand the nature of limits. Where does this really fit in? Yes. You know, you're probably better off with a Honda or a Ford or something, right? Yeah. So what are the limits that you're willing to work with? And, and nature is going to tell you. Nature is going to tell you what your limits are. But with that also being said, you know, there's that that quote from Calvin Coolidge at the front of the Golden Dawn big brick book about persistence being omnipotent. Yes. You know, you... you <laughs> if you don't want that goal enough, the reality is magic only meets you halfway.
1: That's right, because it's only a wish at that point.
3: Yeah. yeah, So as my uncle used to say, you know, the gods help those who help themselves. Yes, they do. If you go 50%, 51%, you get the rest. The, you'll get some help. But what we're seeing is people don't really, and this is because they're approaching it as a... Uh, some kind of hyped-up variation of the secret, you know, yeah. the, the universe in oh, the catalog. I, oh, yeah, you oh. have to really be persistent in what you want.
1: It annoys me, Mark. No end.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. I didn't we write, say it all the time. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't write all these books by giving up. Yeah, no. no. And, and trust me, my writing sucked. No, I mean that's a spectacular book. It that is ra- ra- that. It's spe- that's a
0: result of a culmination of years of years of, of, of yeah. effort, practice, and effort. Right, intention. Just
1: staying up. Absolute, yeah, absolute, yeah. Absolute intention yeah. and will, and yeah. and
3: listening to the listening to the criticism, writing a lot of good uh, newspaper pieces for crap money.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, and and just doing what I had to do to develop that skill set. Yeah.
0: Well, you're sharpening the pen every time, even when you do it wrong. Yes, especially when you do it wrong
1: again. And it's the great work.
0: Yeah.
1: And people misunderstand that all the time. But you and your inner self, your inner development, your discipline. And your ability to will your shit into existence means putting your hands on it. Yeah. It means doing the work. And I'm like.
0: Is it, you, can't, yeah. you can't tithe your way to success. No. You can't just throw money at <laughs> it.
1: Unless you have a wealthy
2: family.
0: You might have initial success, but yeah. the staying power.
2: Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. And here's the other reality that's going to be super offensive to some listeners. <laughs> Offend me, Mark. I don't care. <laughs> you know, look, we all got a lot going on. We all got stuff we want to do. Yes. And we have to decide what's important to us. Here's the reality, though. Sometimes you have to get up half an hour early, go for a walk, and put down the junk food.
1: Yes. Oh, my God, yes.
3: And I'm not saying not to do it. I'm just saying learn to put it down. Yes. Learn to create a boundary. A holy body. You know, yeah. say, okay, Yeah. I don't have to eat a Big Mac every day. I don't have to meet it every week. You know, I I think sometimes we, we look at activities and we look at them as an all or nothing. Yeah. And I say, no moderation. Yeah. You know, I don't have a problem with alcohol because I rarely drink it. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I have friends who just, I said, look, you, you have a bad relationship. Bad means unhealthy. You have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol you know that we know that you have to stop it completely.
2: Yes.
1: Okay. Fine. Cut it out. It's a cancer.
3: For someone else, that may be something else. Right. Yeah. Okay. That may be chocolate. Yeah. That may be junk food. That may be you know too much high fructose corn syrup. People drinking you know to, you know soda every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. You, you got to stop. That's that so day. true. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is true.
1: And I haven't touched one of those in ten and, fifteen and years. And it is a it yeah. is an act
0: of discipline. Yeah. It is. It is.
1: Because we had to do it. He had an event, a health event. Yeah. And we did it. And I now feel better than I have felt in years, in years and years. Complete diet change,
0: months. complete lifestyle change. And, and I feel like... Made all the difference.
1: If you're going to practice, part of that has to be practicing... Taking really, really good care of yourself so that you've got the mental stability. So yeah, that the temple itself is, stability.
3: is in disrepair. Yeah. 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 If, if you can't control what you put in your mouth.
1: You're not going to control anything external. Yeah, and you yeah. can't control yeah.
3: what comes out of it. Yeah, yeah. Even if you, look, there's stuff you want, but you have to yeah. learn. Then you're not going to be able to control the emotional, which is what it is. Yes. Emotional energy is essential for what we'll call either psychological Development, whether it be Jungian or psychosynthesis, or just some basic self analysis. And you're certainly not going to be able to control those energies on steroids when you undertake some kind of ritual, magical practice, because that goes beyond you at that point. Now, you don't necessarily know how or where. You kind of know why, because you've initiated, but you're not necessarily sure what's going to happen now. So as that sphere, if we'll call that of influence, lights up on this, we'll call the astral or psychic dimensions, domains, uh, the coloration and the tinting of that is complex. And what are you, whose attention are you getting when you do that? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it's as I, as I <laughs> said, said yeah. and here, let, and let, yeah. me, and let me offend more of your listeners. Yeah.
0: You, know, <laughs> you know, when I,
3: when I was teaching, you know, public speaking at the University of Scranton, I was one of the only teachers who taught a how-to course or speech. You see, most of the stuff you give is going to either be information with persuasion, trying to get someone to move in a direction, or how to instruct them in something. So I have one girl who comes up and... She wants to give a how-to presentation on some kind of design of how you take basically a razor blade to your pants and shirts and do this twisting and knotting and come up with this very revealing piece of garment. And it was really quite fascinating. I was really surprised when she like what she's doing it, and it's kind of neat. It was really yeah. artistically, it was really kind of cool. And now in my in my class was also one of the. Uh, uh, security officers for the university which they're armed by the way and uh, I said to after class that there's the student and the security officer and I said to her somehow it came up and I said well you know you wear that around campus but I wouldn't wear it off campus if I were you and uh, so I can wear whatever I want I said now you can can. but you also have to take responsibility for it that you can't run real well in those shoes (laughs) and you know that comes off with a, very easily with a grab. Yeah. And you don't know who's around you here. Yeah. See, when they gave you the sales pitch for the school, they gave you the sales pitch on the campus. But yeah. I'm going to tell right now, you, you don't know who's two blocks from here. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. Because the pickings are ripe. The, the security yeah. officer yeah. said to her, she said to the student, listen to what he's telling you. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Listen to what he's telling you, presentment is so. How pretty you, much ninety percent? You know, you can you can do whatever you want. I mean, you know, but you what you how you present yourself to the physical world mm-hmm. is going to be how people respond to you. And if you're in the environment, different people will respond differently. Some will see you as a target of opportunity. Oh yeah. And we see that all the time with people who are distracted. There, they don't have situational awareness. They're always yeah. looking at their phones, and they're walking into traffic. Mm-hmm. Now, this exists then on the psychic dimension as well. You mm-hmm. become a target of opportunity. Indeed. Right, and of course, you can be someone who they, they're going to get help from because you've you've asked for help, and someone's going to come and help you. And it may be good help. Yeah. Maybe exactly what you've asked for. Mm. Or it's going to be like. You know, the the stuff of good Hollywood horror movies. Yes. It's going to be like, you know, a oh. Ouija board, which is like opening your front door yeah. and then yeah. wondering why there's all your stuff is gone when you came home. Yeah, yeah we, we compared it
0: yeah. to giving a child a 357 yeah, Magnum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas, little Timmy. Uh-huh. There's going to be a movie about this. Hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and there's only one round. Keep spinning
3: it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. sooner or later, it, it is a kind of psychic Russian roulette. It is. Yeah. Where Sooner or later, you're going to click. Yeah. Right? And it's the same thing with how we drive and how we act and how we dress. You know, if I have to remember that in that magical dimension, everything is now a representation of my, ma- of my self-concept. Yes. My self-concept. So if I go into an interview and I haven't dressed properly for that interview, whatever that happens to me, but at least we'll say neat and pressed. Yes. If I haven't at least bothered to shave that day yeah. or at least present myself in a I had better be something super special. Yeah. 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 I had really, really, really better be something special. Or they're going to remember me not as the one who is in the top 1% or less, who they have to hire and put up with this crap. Yeah. They're going to remember me as the one who just, what was he thinking?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. He yeah. didn't
0: care. Go That's very him. disrespectful. Well, he, he came yeah. in looking like a douchebag. Well, he's eccentric, and you know his dress is a little odd. But yeah, we'll, we'll deal with it. Yeah. yeah, you know, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's switch gears. We um, we're getting on at an hour and a half now. You're our longest podcast. Oh my God! But we have uh, Krampus coming up. Yeah. Yeah, we're all excited about that. We have the Krampus tree up on the front yes. counter. We've got our horns. We're ready to go. So, Mark, you want to give everybody just a little teaser for what to what, say? That's December, December 3rd. December 3rd. Okay, December yeah. 3rd. Yeah. That's, a Saturday. That's Sunday. Sunday. Sunday,
3: excellent. Yeah, okay. So uh, we're going to have Krampus. My, my wife has said, I've told her, I've threatened her for years now, and <laughs> I'm going to restart Krampus <laughs> Fest. And we're going to do a Krampus run. So I think what we're going to do is a fast walk around the building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, For insurance purposes. <laughs> for insurance purposes. And, you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no. Got to get the drone out that day. That's, that's yeah. it. Uh, in which we're encouraging you to come and, and celebrate Krampus with us. Now, Krampus was not known for the longest time, uh, but I guess maybe about 10 years ago, 15, maybe a slow comeback, usually getting through the horror movies and everything. And then people began to realize that Krampus is this embodiment of santa's kind of alter ego and you can find yeah. you can find christmas cards from around the 1890s 1900s in which you have krampus cards you've got santa there and santa is giving all the good children toys and krampus <laughs> is giving them coal <laughs> and whipping them with birch uh which of course is the traditional wood of a uh, a witch's broom and uh krampus is just this kind of uh we want to say a demonic figure because it it 's very uh, horned creature uh, that looks very much like uh, what we would say is a typical devil uh, or or devil like creature uh, that of course was with Santa it was reminding you that there's consequences to your actions yes, yes. and and those consequences may be unpleasant so watch <laughs> your actions and and they have very complete and complex Krampus runs in uh germany Al- germany in the alps mm. mostly in the alps and in the, the slavic countries costumes. i love it oh oh yes this, yeah. yeah so i may not be spending a fortune on my reenactment costume but i think <laughs> i'll i may have to go over budget on the krampus wear that's uh, awesome so we encourage you to come out because we'll have a little talk about krampus and how it exists in europe but also among the Pennsylvania Dutch because it has, and Germans, that is, it has uh, existed in this country, and particularly even up until, some people told me they remember it in Schuylkill, Carbon County, not too far oh. from here. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Going back a ways, uh, there are photographs. I, I first gave a presentation on this to, with uh, Erica Funky on Channel 40, not 44, WVIA on the radio. Oh, nice. And oh. several years ago, and there's a link to it. We can send you if you're interested. We talked about Krampus and Krampus Very cool. Fest. Very And, uh, so we're looking to have that, and, and maybe if all goes well, well, we'll get Krampus. Make Krampus great again. That's, That's right.
0: right. Make <laughs> Krampus, Krampus great. great again. Tay <laughs> okay. T- has, T- has her wooden spoon. I do. I have a wooden the spoon counter. about this long. Oh. Red, ready to go. Wow. <laughs> and uh <Vampir> <laughs> will be here uh, with cookies. Cookies. And taking she's donations. She's taking donations for the cookies. And her. if you have not had Vampir Diety's cookies. They're amazing. Uh, yeah. she's an artisan. Yeah. amazing.
1: And the donations will be going to the Clark Summit Food Pantry. Yeah.
3: yeah. And if you don't have much, just bring some paste on horns and some cowbells yeah. and yeah. make some noise. And uh, go online, look up, see what Krampus looks like and allow it to grow organically yeah. with your costume <laughs> budget year after year.
1: And I'm putting it on Mark. You get to judge best
3: costume. Do I? I got oh. a
1: little gift for whoever will.
3: Oh, I have to see what it is. So yeah. uh, I am open to bribes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Shameless. I to, mm. This is Luzerne County, so.
1: <laughs> right? Oh, my God.
3: I have to keep, you know, with Bribedon Boulevard, I have to keep jo- you know, with. Uh, I, yeah. to keep with <laughs> I would say Lackawanna, but uh, I don't think it makes a difference. No, <laughs> no. Lackawanna I County. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, thank you so much, Mark. And it's been, uh, as always, fantastic to hear from you and talk to you. And appreciate you getting up so early to drive out here even though we could have done a phone call and I'm, I'm really grateful you came in it's yes. so much better doing it live yeah it is
3: oh you're very welcome
1: excellent conversation
0: all right folks thank you thanks
1: so we hope you enjoyed this episode of in the weeds and we hope you didn't have to pick too much pucker brush off your cloak after visiting with us here if you liked the episode please follow subscribe and share and if you're really kind leave a positive review. Be sure to tune in next week as we publish a new episode weekly. If you're in the area, stop by the store and see us. Thanks so much for listening and have a great
2: day.